0: podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better.
1: Mac
2: strips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson for the... With WGN's Adam Ho. Are you ready? The one
1: and only. And the Chicago Sun Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns.
2: Touchdown Bears. We are back and in a familiar place Spring Hill Suites in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. We're here.
3: We missed. That. I missed the Spring Hill. We were at the Courtyard by the Capitol last year. I, I, I was. I was here. You were here. I was you here. You were. So the Courtyard by the Capitol is not attached to the Marriott Complex, which is attached to everything in Indy. Seems so it to feels- walk outside. Yes, yes. So it feels good not to tote around a jacket, Adam, I have to say. Uh, that's the best part about Indy. Yes.
2: It's a whole now, new world. I do appreciate the Combine being in Indy because it's relatively close to Chicago and very convenient. I don't really appreciate, though, that the media workroom is located in Ohio. (laughs) Get our steps in today. Yes, yes. Well,
3: it's a lot better than it used to be. The old media workroom used to be in Lucas Oil Stadium in like... uh,
2: The club area. The club area. And and all the interviews were there, too. There was nowhere to move.
3: It was so condensed. You ran out of seats. There was like an auxiliary press area in the hallway. It it was just the... A bad situation. This is better. This is better. That was not conducive to work. This is. And you get your steps. And you know what? Some of people in our profession use those steps. Right. Not to name any names, Pat Finley, but... (laughs) Wow. It benefits us all.
2: Wow. I mean, usually you wait like 20 minutes for Pat Finley's shot, but that didn't take very long. Uh, Anyway, episode 217... Of the Hogan Johns podcast, back after kind of our winter break, uh, was hope, actually was hoping to get a podcast in before the combine, but I was in Arizona last week covering some baseball. Weather was about the same as it is here right now in mm-hmm, Indianapolis, mm-hmm, uh, but you know, th- things happened. Manny Machado, or lack thereof, things did not happen. There you go. You know, there you go. It's okay. You feeling okay. You okay? Yeah. For sure. I
3: think everyone knows on this podcast that you're a diehard White Sox fan.
2: Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with the White Sox not getting him. Seriously. Okay. Good. $300 million for a guy with that many red flags? Yeah. I told myself. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I told myself all along, if they get him, fine. You know, he's a great player. Fits... The organization no. they need a brand. I'm all for it. That's fine. Oh, they, he
3: he is not a, the type of player I would feel comfortable with giving 300 million dollars to. And that's
2: the other side of it. Yes. So I think he's going to win a lot of games for Pat Finley, San Diego Padres. But I think he's also going to cause some headaches over the next ten years. I know there's a f- like an out after five, but it's still five years of
3: potential frustrations.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's the player like you said out. headaches. Yeah. Not the team, so uh, yep, I'm fine with it. Perfectly okay. I saw a game on Monday. The weather, the sun finally came out. Yoan Mancada, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, they were all mashing the ball. The future is going to be just fine. Okay, good. I'm fine. Uh, but this is a Bears podcast, of course. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Talk today here in Indianapolis uh there's plenty to get to i I, I do uh I don't know why I just sort of feel um, though that before we get into football just feel the need to to uh, touch on a actually a sad note um, a colleague and a friend uh, a neighbor for me and Jeff Dickerson lost uh, his wife Caitlin, uh, yesterday uh it' was really just a sad way to start this whole week here in Indianapolis. Uh, probably a lot of Bears fans by now know she's been sick for a while, um, really been battling cancer for seven and a half years. Um, and what J- J.D. and their great son Parker have been through over the last seven and a half years has been uh, tough that no one should have to go through, but especially the last month or so. yeah. And, um, you know, just love Jeff. Love Parker. Um, had gotten to know Caitlin a little bit after I moved to, you know, close to near, near where Jeff lives now and over the last couple of years. And so it's just a really sad situation. And I don't know if you get in a moment, Bears fans, uh, to, to reach out to JD. I don't know how, probably over Twitter or something like that, social media. Um, I'm, I, I know he's, uh, appreciating and, um, all the love and support that his family's getting right now, and they can really use all of it.
3: Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. Can I say one thing uh, about our business? It could be a competitive one. It could be a selfish one. It could be one full of ego. But Jeff Dickerson is truly one of the good guys, the great guys, one of the best guys. When I walked into that media room, God, what, seven years ago? a big chip on my shoulder, you know, feeling hot coming off the, the Blackhawks beat, you know, um, but still in a whole new world. Uh, Jeff Dickerson is one of the guys that welcomed me, welcomed us as we transitioned into the NFL world. Just a genuinely great guy. You know, forget about the coverage, whatever, you know. People are people. Yeah. You know, journalists are people too. Well, and that's why. And J.D.'s what I- one of the best guys, you know, in this business. Just a, just an
2: all-around good guy. To, to me, I mean, that's one of the best parts of doing what we do is people we've gotten to know, the friendships that we've made. Um, and a lot of times that those friendships come together here in Indianapolis for the Combine. We go out to dinner. We, we you know, we discuss the, the St. Elmo's experiences and things like that. Uh, you know, I think we're going to Yard House tonight, which I know J.D. loves. So this yeah. whole thing, like, honestly, just um, it, I it's been a tough twenty four hours like just even trying to focus on any kind of football, knowing the pain that that he's going through right now, and it just I, I it didn't feel appropriate to dive into a deep football conversation without acknowledging what's going on in the real world personally, the combine isn't the same without Jeff here dinners with j d are, yeah.
3: are are legendary. Down here uh, in Indianapolis, Uh, the ESPN reporters will tell you the same. Everyone from Chicago will tell you the same. Dinners with JD at St. Elmo's or or Prime or any other of these places here in in Indy is, is always fun, always special. And he's missed. He's definitely missed here. So truly feeling for him right now. Such a heartbreaking thing. He's going through Yeah.
2: And I don't think it's appropriate to kind of dive into anything more than that, but just uh, I'm sure our listeners, Bears fans, uh, he would appreciate uh, any love and support from you guys as well. So anyway, uh, just wanted to acknowledge um, what's going on again in the real world um, before we dive into football because we have not been around for a few weeks. Uh, It's like 22 days since our last podcast. Inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Well. You go out and spend time in the desert. Is it really a desert, though, when it's pouring rain for two days and snowing in the mountains? I mean, it didn't seem like a desert. didn't seem like spring training. It didn't. It was odd. Sitting when the sun finally came out over the weekend and there were spring training games, it was still kind of cold, but the sun was out. You're sitting there, and you're like, I'm watching baseball. The sun is out. And in the background, there's snow everywhere. Because you could see <laughs> yeah, it, like, yeah, yeah. blanket in yeah. the mountains. It's usually everybody's getaway from the Chicago weather, and it was not. It was it was weird. Um, anyway, it is good to be talking football again. And there were some... It, it's it's a weird offseason for the Bears because we're not used to this kind it's of... different. Quiet. Oh, Ryan Pace must have spent... So seven or eight minutes of the 20 he talked today about talking about a kicking position.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to me, I know we're going di- to go through a lot of stuff, but it's like kicker and everything else.
2: Right. It kind of Kicker is. and everything else. Well, because we said going into the playoffs, this is the team's biggest weakness and it ended up costing them a playoff win. And so here we are. Uh, the it, it is made official today by both uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy that Cody Parkey is gone. He will be released on March 13th when the new league year starts. And uh, that will come with a June 1st de- designation, which Ryan Pace confirmed to us today. Um, basically what that does is it allows you to shift some of the money, uh, excuse me, the, the cap hit the Bears are taking on by, by cutting a kicker um, that still has guaranteed, a lot of guaranteed money left for a kicker, uh, it's going to move essentially a little over a million dollars to next year's cap, the 2020 cap, freeing up that space in 2019, which, let's face it, the Bears are a little bit cap-strapped here really fast. I mean, they've gone from multiple off-seasons in a row where they could pretty much make any move they wanted to having to, to shift some things around yeah. here in the last few days just to create... Space not only for potential free agents, but they also have to plan for whoever they draft and fitting, fitting yeah, that. Now no, no, I cap. will say this: without a first or second
3: round pick, there isn't much of a financial commitment to the draft class. You don't have the the, the high paid unless draft they move picks. up. Yes, which is always possible. I can't see it because they don't have a lot of draft capital to to begin with. But that. 1.1 million or whatever it was 1.25 million whatever that Cody Parkey um, deferred money is uh, that they save um, that uh, could be your draft class in, in a sense you know or, or most of it so don't underestimate the the 1 million saved in this move
2: no anything right now at this point helps yeah. and whether and it's it's a veteran
3: tight end that replaces Deion Smith Deion Smith Deion Sims sure Or
2: Deion Smith. Deion Smith. Who was just as noticeable as Deion Sims last season. (laughs) Touché. (laughs) Um, uh, I guess, look, we got a lot of audio from Pace and Nagy I want to share. It's too much to kind of play the whole thing, so I I picked out some uh, certain parts that I think you guys are going to want to hear. The the stuff on the kicking situation is is pretty good, though, because – I mean, there's a few things, but but one is without like blatantly coming out and being like, I've totally screwed up the kicker position over the last four years, Ryan Pace, I thought, took ownership of that being a problem and vowing to get it fixed this year. Now, I don't know how the hell he's going to do that because it's funny. We're sitting here and we're like, I mean, do you have any ideas? Steven Goskowski, but are the Patriots going to let him go? I That, that seems unlikely. To me. And even that, even if they did, it's not the 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 greatest option in the world? If
3: you're asking me for my ideas, I bring in young guy after young guy after young guy. And I draft maybe a young guy in the seventh round. Maybe he becomes your lead candidate. But just where you ensure that you get one of the best guys in this year's draft. Um, maybe you do bring in a veteran with a couple of years' experience. But the more the merrier. Forget finding a counterbarth. Forget trying to give Carlos Santos <laughs> a run. Yeah. Roberto Aguayo, sorry. You had your chance. Give some of these young guys an opportunity. Just like the Eagles have benefited from what's-his-name. Why am I not remembering his name? Uh, Jake Elliott. Yes. Give a young guy a run here. See what he could do. Build yeah. his confidence.
2: Hey, I don't think the answer is going to be Redford Jones. Well, I don't either. It, it was interesting. Uh, well, here let's hear from Ryan Pace because he kind of touches on all this, including who the hell Redford Jones is. So here's Ryan Pace on the on the kicking situation. All
4: right, guys, welcome to Indy. Uh, busy week ahead. Already started last night with interviews. Just finished some weigh-ins today, and we're ready to get rolling. So with that, I'd be happy to take any questions. Ryan, what went into the Cody Parking decision? You know, Patrick, it's really performance-based at the end of the day. So you know, Matt and I wanted to call him, you know, before the combine and be honest with him so uh we had a good conversation with him and uh honest conversation with him and but at the end of the day it's performance based so,
2: right, what what you your it as a- what's your outlook there at that position uh what
4: are you trying to do rich explore every avenue yeah. so we've already done it with the reserve futures and free agency drafts so we're gonna ex- I promise we'll explore every avenue to better that so
1: you're also including in that using a draft pick potentially
4: yeah whatever's best for the bears we'll consider well, yeah.
1: what's the philosophy overall on on using that particular resource on that particular position?
4: Yeah, I think it's a good question, but again, it's it's best player available, and every draft is different, so if there's a kicker, or, or a punter, or any specialist in the draft we feel is worthy, we'll definitely consider it. Will Cody yeah. be designated as a post-June 1? Yeah, so the, the way his contract structured, Brad, we'll do it after or at the start of free agency, yeah, and that's a that's a line of thinking with us right yes
1: finding a kicker in this league can be a bit of a needle in a haystack hunt. why is it so difficult to find a guy that can stick
4: that's that's a good they come out of nowhere you know and i you know we were just talking about justin tucker the other day and, and how he came you know into into fruition with the ravens and you know i just think you know they d- develop at different times i think sometimes uh they get specialized coaching you know after college um and and so it can change you know and i think one thing we always have to consider is the conditions we're playing in with our wind and our elements um and there's a lot of things that go into it no different than any position um some of it's mental, some of it's physical.
1: So what do you prioritize at that, that position as you evaluate now?
4: I, I think leg strength's important, especially in Chicago. you got you got to knife through the wind, so that's something that I would say is a high priority for what, us. What
1: what's talk to you about Redford Jones.
2: When you, when you met with him, he was not a drafted player. He wasn't in a camp and sort of... You know, took care of his own thing. Again,
4: these guys can kind of come out of, you know, different, come out of nowhere sometimes. So we had an open, basically an open kicker workout. And, uh, hey, we, we went into it and said, hey, we're going to be unbiased and we're just going to let it come to us. And he crushed that workout. And so it was impressive. So he's on our team. You so you
3: wanted it to be an open competition for kicker. Will that impact who you can target in free agency if you do go
0: that route?
4: Yeah, we just no different than any position. We want to create major competition at that position. You know, obviously it's important. So um, whether whether it's free agency or the draft or college free agency, we're going to keep up, we're going to continue to explore that.
3: Uh, who do you lean on other than I mean, Chris Tabor for those draft evaluations, and how different can that be? You know, than than the other positions.
4: Yeah, it's you know it's a whole it's a whole team of scouts on that. Yeah. You know, and I think. Uh, you know, we all have our backgrounds. We have a uh, Brett Ackley, who's one of our scouts, was a kicker in college. So um, it's a unique position with a unique skill set, and uh, there's the variety of guys we lean on beyond Tabor but I would say Tabor's the main guy. If there's only three kickers here, and obviously they're kicking indoors, how much can you learn about them in terms of the leg strength and also how important is the interviews with those guys of that position? It is important because I think with, with, with all these positions, but with kicker, you know, the mental toughness is important, the confidence is important, and you know, what kind of adversity have they had in life and have they been able to overcome it, you know, on and off the field. Um, and we can feel a lot of those things here.
1: Ryan, what were you looking for in that kicker workout last month?
4: Good um, Good kicker. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it was just, you know, sometimes sometimes you literally can almost turn your back and hear the way the ball is coming off their foot and feel the power in the pop. So you look for leg strength, you look for consistency, you look for uh, trajectory, um, uh, their, their whole all their mechanics, those are all things that go into play. Is it hard to judge them, though, when it's, I mean, it's not a game situation, it's not a pressure situation, there's no... It is, it is, it is hard, you know, there's no rush, there's no, you know, I like to send... Josh Lucas off the edge and try to block the kick in the workout, but there's not, it's it, you know, it is, hard, it is hard to judge it in, in those situations. So it's a combination of the workout, interviewing with the player, and then the game tape, you know, and a lot of things go into play. And in college, sometimes you got to factor in the snapper and the holder. And, and there's all these different elements, um, which is, I think, why that position is a little tricky.
1: Brian, in retrospect, how do you self-assess your decision to cut Robbie a few years ago? Uh,
4: you know, I think we're honest with all those decisions. And obviously, he's with another team now, so we can't discuss it. But I think we only get better if you analyze every decision you've made. You know what I mean? And we're not going to be, you know, 100% all the time, you know. So I think you're just honest with your assessments and learn from those things and, and get better from what
1: did you What did you think of yourself in, in that decision? When you look back on it now, a couple years later. Well,
4: well, since then, you know, hey, we've been battling to get that position right. So, and our goal this off is to correct that, and I and we will.
1: And and speaking how many of that in, in the
0: competition, you think
4: in the kicker competition? Yeah,
0: think, I mean, typical two. But I mean, typically
4: two. Really? I would. We wouldn't be opposed to going more. You know. Did you consider bringing Robbie back? We can't, we can't really get into it. What did you learn from the Cody Parkey signing, and does it change maybe how you approach going after kickers now or in that position in general? Yeah, you know, I, I, again, I, think, I thought last year's free agency. When we go through it, you know, I thought we had a strong free agency. We can go through each one of them, and I think, you know, our last year's offseason was, was good, uh, draft and free agency. But, again, you're never going to be 100%, and you're going to learn from every one. And, uh, you know, I think the world of Cody, you know, and we wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, we learn from those experiences, and we try to get better from them.
2: All right, so some things that stood out there. I mean, getting back to what we were talking to before we played Ryan there, I mean, they are almost admitting that they're just sort of throwing crap at the wall here and hoping something sticks. Uh, they <laughs> That's a way to put it, but well, I, I think it's a little bit more uh, scientific than well, that. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, Pace said, Pace said that they brought in all these kickers. Yes, yes. And kept an open mind it's almost like they crossed out the names they didn't care who they were just and used their eyes and he even mentioned the sound of the ball yeah (laughs) to to find a guy that stood out and Redford Jones was the guy that won the battle on that day but this this speaks to how random the whole thing is you know who knows if that competition happened the next day? Who would have won that one? You right, know what I right, mean? Right. And, there's no and, way and they're basically
3: kicking in a, in a non-competitive environment where nobody is chanting, nobody is screaming, nobody is cheering, nobody is coming for that ball. It's different.
2: Yeah, and... When, Except Josh Lucas. When we were there for the Chuck Pagano press conference, all the fields were snowed over, so I think this workout happened inside the Walter, Walter Payton, Payton Center. Center. So... It, There's not even goalposts. Boom! There's literally no goalposts there. (laughs) (laughs) They got the nets. Yeah. So it's. I, I mean, they they're gonna bring in as many guys as they can. I think, and just that's what I'm saying. More the merrier. Yeah.
3: Bring them in. Find the right guy. I do think you should maybe use a draft pick. One of those seventh round picks stands out to me. See, I'm against
2: that. And I I think you mentioned Elliot earlier. I mean that's a perfect example. I believe the Bengals drafted him in the fifth round. Yeah. And but they ended up cutting him after camp, and then the Eagles found him. The Bears could have gotten him at that point. So there's there I think there's too many examples of guys making it without being drafted. Yeah. That when you only have five picks. I don't like the idea of using one but of them. We, but we've seen them.
3: I know what you're saying because it's a different year. Except maybe year. in the seventh round. Yeah, yes, because the seventh round we've seen them take flyers on guys. Tayo Fabuluje, right? Even a Jordan Morgan in the sixth round. Danny Daniel Braverman in the seventh. On the flip side, Charles Leno Jr. Yeah. Well, seventh round exception. pick. And I think they may have something in Javon Wims. So I get it, but it's too important now. You have a team that's built to win. Now, You have to get this right now. So I think it's worth spending one of your two seventh-round picks, one that you got in a trade for DeAndre Hall, the condition of the conditional trade came through. So do it. I think it helps your chances in getting this right.
2: Well, one guy you can cross off the list is Robbie Gold. That speculation uh, ended very quickly with... The 49ers placing the franchise tag on Robbie Gold. Uh, it's an interesting situation. I want to start with this. I do have some audio from Kyle Shanahan today, the 49ers head coach, talking about um, what their plans are, what they're hoping to accomplish here with Robbie Gold. But real quick, from the Bears' perspective, this is a—I think this is kind of a good thing, specifically for Ryan Pace, just from like a PR standpoint, because it takes that out of the equation. He has no control over it. You know what I mean? If they had not signed or not placed the tag on Robbie Gold, then, I mean, the optics of the whole thing would have just screamed, you have to sign this guy. And you don't have a ton of cap space to do it, to put a lot of money on a kicker. And I'm not so sure that they would have signed Robbie Gold. I mean, it's the vibe I was getting was almost, you know, maybe it's a possibility, it could be, but... I don't think it was a foregone conclusion that they would have had he been available. And I've said this before. You don't sign Robbie, and you still have kicking problems next year? It's almost like you cut him again, and you made the whole mistake over again. This, this in a way, uh, I don't... It doesn't make it any easier to solve the Bears' kicking problem, but it makes it easier on Ryan Pace to take some heat off his back, I think. See...
3: I think the Robbie Golden move would have taken Heat off his back if he signed him because it just makes too much sense. You're writing a, a former wrong. It makes sense to everybody, inside, outside, experienced at Soldier Field, can handle the, the pressure. Uh, obviously, he's motivated to prove himself all over again. Obviously, that worked out for the 49ers and the Giants, the two teams that have benefited from the, the Bears cutting him. To, to, to me, and I know you're going to play Shanahan in here in a second, the if Robbie Gold's not available, and he's not, you've already tried the veteran route, right? You've tried your Connor Barthes. You've tried your Cody Parkies. Now you go youth, right? Your, your team is young to begin with. Find someone who fits with the culture you have now, who wants to prove himself, is not out for whatever redemption like Roberto Aguayo, Aguayo was. I mean, Mike Nugent. Had a glass of a, a cup of coffee, you know, for, with the Bears.
2: People forget yeah. about that. Like, like A couple of weeks. For, forget the veterans. Like think John Fox got his name right.
3: Yes. Yes. Maybe. I'm not sure. Mark Nugent. Mark Nugent. Forget about the veterans. Mm, you know, obviously, you got to be familiar with them. Obviously, that's why they brought, who was it, Nick Falcon, Um as part of that workout. Yep. But, you, look, give some of these young guys a chance. That, that's where I stand on the kicking competition.
2: Uh, As for Gold, I mean, if he doesn't sign a long-term deal, then, you know, the comments he made to uh, me at the Super Bowl, and I know he talked to many others, he made it very clear he'd like to you know be back with the Bears at some point, whether that's his post-playing career or as a kicker or whatever. I mean, that's not really going to go away unless he signs a long-term contract with the 49ers, which, as much as he expressed the desire to get back to Chicago, he also did say that, wherever he lands, he does hope to sign a longer deal. Move his family. Right. So I I think here, what's interesting is um, with the Bears out of the equation at least for 2019, it gives him leverage to really force the 49ers to pay him here. Um, Now the whole point of the franchise tag is to give the team leverage, at least the guarantee to talk to him past March 13th. But um, you know Robbie has the ability here to kind of still threaten to play one year on the tag and say I still want to you know make a run going back to Chicago next off season or you got to give me you know you got to pay me you got to pay me you know probably at least a 3 year deal and a good amount of money because he's earned it i mean he's been the most he's been the best kicker over the last 3 seasons yeah. since the bears cut him yeah it's just what the numbers say so um, it's interesting. Anyway, Kyle Shanahan today addressed Robbie Gold, why they tagged him, and uh, where that situation is right now.
1: You know, we put the tag on Robbie because he's a great kicker and we don't want to lose him. Um, you know, we've been, we've been in negotiations with him for a while. Um, we haven't come to a conclusion to decide on him for both sides. And, you know, it's a really a credit to Robbie that. I mean, it shows that we don't want to lose him. And when we franchise him, it's because we're hoping to get more time to to solve this with him. Uh, I know he's going to be a Niner this year. I know he's not going to be on someone else's team. Um, But I really hope it's longer than one year. So franchise tag means we don't have to stop negotiating March 13th. It means we can keep going all the way up to the season. And uh, I know how bad we want him. Um, And hopefully we'll meet somewhere in the middle and it'll work out. What do
0: you appreciate about having that position secure?
1: Um that he makes it most of the time. I mean, it's it's uh, it's very, you know, unfortunately we haven't been a great team these last two years where he's had to make a bunch of game-winning field goals. Um, but I've been calling plays long enough that it's very tough when you get to that 30-yard line. That you, don't always, that you don't believe the quarterback I mean you don't believe the kicker is going to make it uh, and it takes them a while to earn that belief every time we get there I never think we're going to miss it and it's a very good um, feeling to have as a play caller as a coach and that's something Robbie's given us for two years
2: So Kyle Shanahan's saying that they've been negotiating with Robbie for a while now haven't come to a conclusion but making it very clear that they would like to sign him long term so um, you know I think Robbie's going to have have the opportunity to be a 49er for a few years or uh, maybe roll the dice and see how the situation plays out. But, you know, in terms of what the job looks like in Chicago, if the Bears find their kicker this year, and hopefully they do, otherwise, you know, they can't really afford to go through another season with kicking problems. And... The the point is there might not be a job open for Robbie Gold at Chicago next off season, so it kind of seems like this is the direction that's going. And the you know more than likely the idea of Robbie Gold returning to the Bears anytime yeah, soon f- yeah. is, is out the window. It, you know I was all for it. I think a lot of fans were all for it. Well, if but available, that... I maintain that that would have been the the biggest no brainer signing. Yes, in oh, oh, oh ab- ab-
3: absolutely, absolutely. Um, but with that off the table again, sorry old guys. Yeah. Youth. 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 All right. You're going for the young kicker. Yes.
4: It's a young
2: team, man. These millennials, give them a shot. So if you're looking for Adam Johns this weekend, he will be gravitating towards the kicker workouts. Yes, there's three of them here, though. (laughs) Analyzing every single kick. Yes, there's three of them. I want to read about trajectory, Uh I don't know what else goes. That back. sounds like a good boom off his foot, something Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah give me the details on the sound.
3: <laughs> no, no, I will say this though, like I never like if you look back at Cody Parkey's kicking, you never heard the what do you what do you want to call it the wallop or the the thump. Well,
2: and I we we made this observation during the season a bunch of times too. It was like. You want the ball just to go straight. Yeah, like, it, even when yeah. he was making the kicks, it was like it's fading or it's yeah. or it's hooking or he, something's gone. Just, just
3: drill the ball. He had that one day in Bourbon A where he hit the, the camera that's between the goalposts. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Like four times, five times in a row. Fans loved it. It was a feel-good moment. It was, it was like his his best moment as a Chicago Bear because yeah. after that, I, I don't know what happened, but the thump. Just
2: wasn't there, Adam. The, the thump. thump. The thump. Okay. He didn't uh, bring the thump. All right. Well, one guy who does bring the thump on the offensive line is Kyle Long. Contract restructure. He tweeted out yesterday, bear for life. Now, the details on the restructuring have kind of come out, and I don't know that this means he's a bear for life. It means he's a bear for 2019.
3: It means he's committed to the Bears just in terms of uh, – he wants to be here.
2: Well, this he was does. And yeah. Yeah, he assured himself of that, right? And and I think it's enough of a favor on his part that if he plays well and stays healthy for sixteen games, he will continue to be a bear uh, beyond twenty nineteen. Uh, Ian Rappaport had the the details on the restructuring today. I don't know if anyone else did. I just happened to see that one. Uh, But uh, uh, here's what you need to know. I mean, it saves the bears 3 million around 3 million in cap space in 2019, but still gives him the opportunity to um, earn a lot of that money back through incentives, uh, which then of course will apply later on to the cap situation, but it frees it up right now. It frees up 3 million. Um, and but the other interesting details that that rap sheet had was uh, that 2019, or excuse me, 2020 basically becomes a team option now, and they chopped off the 2021 year altogether. So if that's all true, um, again to that idea, of bear for life, it doesn't seem to really apply. However, I, I mean, you're 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 he's going to have to earn another contract, right? But you're you're helping the team now, so you're hoping for that loyalty in return if you deliver with your play. This well, season. well, he's got to play,
3: which is the big well, question. When Kyle Long plays. It, look, is he the, is the the same physically imposing, amazing athlete that he was as a rookie when he when he was making what he'd make three consecutive Pro Bowls? Yeah, but Even I still think right he's pretty good. Yes, when he's he, out there. He, he, I mean, he's more improved, than pretty good. He's improved technically. Oh yeah, he, he's. Better
2: than how many guards in the league? A good majority of them. Like, I noticed when he came back against the Vikings and the Eagles.
3: Well, he had his rough moments against the Eagles. He did. But the Bears are better with them, and they know that. But the guy has struggled to stay healthy. He's a great team player. He's an underrated leader. Mitch Trubisky loves the guy. Fantastic for that locker room. Everything they have established culture-wise, he embodies but he can't stay in the field and to use John Fox's famous saying the best ability is availability
2: but i also think it's fair to point out that his issues have not been nagging hamstrings and oh i can't practice this day because i have a sore well they've been serious quad i mean he, he animals, has yeah been. He has had, well, like John Fox used to say, the injuries versus owies. Yeah. These have ours. been legit injuries.
3: Yes, yes. But they've happened consistently year after year after year.
2: But two of them are like, "Does a guy falling on his foot. Yeah. Which, yeah. Well, well, guys are still going to fall on his feet. Yeah. It just, it's, it's it's the perils
3: of playing up on the offensive line.
2: I, I Guys get rolled up. I still think part it's part of pa- the job. Part of the equation, though, when you talk about durability and availability. Yes. It, you need to look at what the injuries actually were. In this situation, sure, he's getting older. He's, he's 30 now, and he's had a bunch of injuries, but he still looks capable of a, as an offensive lineman. It's not so much, to me at least, it's, it's not so much about age. Yes, yes. Well, here's a guy who will play through any
3: ailment he possibly can. He embodies the toughness that you want. For your team.
2: And if anything else, I mean, this is as healthiest as offseason in a while. Yes. So not, he should
3: be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, he's not undergoing any surgery, so that's refreshing for him. But it just in terms of forecasting, because so, so much of these contracts are about predicting the future and what the guy's value is going to be down the line, they, these injuries have taken a toll on him. He's not as durable as he once was. I mean, that foot that got mangled in Tampa Bay. It's fair to say if it'll ever be the same again. It's it's just more exposed to, to future injuries now,
2: or mm-hmm.
3: more prone to future injuries now. It's not the same.
2: So what I find interesting though here, as uh, you know, if there's, if there's one thing about the offense other than you know just Mitch Trubisky making another jump in year three that you want to see improve in 2019, it's it's getting more of a consistent running game. And, and I think the Bears' moves here over the last couple weeks have been telling because they, they basically got rid of any potential uh, surprising move on from Kyle Long here, which I guess was – I mean, it was on the table. Be- if you're looking for cap space and you the player doesn't cooperate in restructuring his contract – well, they had an out this year. Exactly. That's my point. Like It, it, it wasn't necessarily 100% guaranteed Kyle Long was going to be back. So they restructure his contract. He's back for sure. They extend Bobby Massey. So he's back. And ideally, barring injuries, you're going to have the five same starters week one next season. The reason I think that's interesting is because, okay, what exactly was wrong in the running game? This is an indication that they don't necessarily think it was... The blocking up front. Good
3: point. Good point.
2: Jordan Howard's standing
3: is precarious. I think they think he's a good player, but I think they think they need a different player. Does that make sense? I don't think, I still think he's going to be on the roster next year. I I, I said this on a podcast before, I wrote it too. Taekwondo Mazel was filling a role that. For a player that's not yet on the roster. Right. Like, they want a guy that can send out and be a mismatch on a linebacker. That is not Tariq Cohen. They want them both on the field. Sure. They don't have that right now. With all due respect to Jordan Howard, he's a good running back. But this was his worst year, and it just happened to be the best year for the Bears in his three years with the team. That's not good. That's a good point. That's not good.
2: Yeah. No, it's an interesting point. Um, and I just, I thought that both both Nagy and Pace said today that they thought the offensive line improved as the year went on, um, which is interesting because Kyle Long was hurt for a lot of that time. But I still think when he came back, you saw the boost. So anyway, here's, I, I, I asked Matt Nagy about the offensive line and just, you know, you, you restructure Kyle, you extend Bobby Massey. Both of those guys, you know, a month ago we could have been like, well, it wouldn't be surprising to see the right side of the offensive line look different. And instead it's going to, you know, again, barring injury, look the exact same. Here's Matt Nagy today talking about his offensive line.
0: I want to say this. I think uh, our offensive line right now, just the way they grew uh, fundamentally, and a lot of that credit goes to, to Harry Easton for, for just being such a, a great coach fundamentally with those guys. They believe in what he teaches them. He's hard on them. But yet he loves them, and and they understand watching film and breaking. How can they get better? And you see that with every one of our guys right now. So, we just we we uh, we fully understand some of these uh, bookend defensive ends that we're going to be seeing here in the, in the future, and the direction of speed and talent that goes on on that front. So you better have those edges protected. And we have two guys right now that we feel really good with on the edges. Um, and again, credit goes to to Ryan and his guys for for. Building, building that unit there now. And then also for Mitchell, it's that trust factor for him, that confidence in knowing the, all the communication that goes on on that front line of, of how to do things. And so I'm looking forward to it.
2: So, again, it, it sounds like they're, for the most part, happy about the O-line. The, I, without question, I think Nagy made it clear he likes Charles Leno, he likes Bobby Massey on the ends. I mean both of those guys today, both Nagy and Pace made reference to the fact that they feel comfortable on the edges uh, with those two guys, which you know, we hear from Bears fans all the time who don't necessarily feel that way, but I think it's obvious the Bears do right now. So if it wasn't the offensive line, was it the running back? Was it the scheme? I thought at times it may have been the scheme, but I think the answer is kind of a combination of the two. Based on, with the answer being what you talked about, which is you got to find the right player for the scheme for it to all work in Matt Nagy's system. There, there, the running back room is going to look different, and I don't know if that means subtraction of anybody. Other than maybe t- take a while myself, but he'll probably still be in the mix when they when they get to camp. It's just there's going to be a, there's going to be somebody new in there that I think matters a lot. Yes, yes, they're not hiding their interest about it either.
3: No, look, they've come, they came out. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace said today, look, we had the conversations about Kareem Hunt. Um, it just didn't get serious, but they but they are serious about exploring adding someone to that room. Look, so much of what we do is like read between the lines, right? You know, reading the tea leaves. I know we're going to play more audio here, but everything I keep hearing from them, reading between the lines, reading the tea leaves, is that we need to add somebody. We're missing something offensively. Yes, Jordan Howard is a good back, but we need something else to go with Tariq Cohen. It's what I keep hearing.
2: Yeah, and and, you know, Jordan Howard's, probably still going to have a a somewhat important role on the team, I think. The guy
3: still scored nine touchdowns last year.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Short yardage situations, anything between the tackles, he's still good. Yes. He's still pretty good. Uh, The V word was used today a few times. Vision, though, has been brought up as something that's very important. Um, Not getting caught up in the size, weight, speed. But more on, but, but, but judging the tape, and Nagy said he couldn't wait to look at the tape of some of these draft prospects, looking at more at their instincts and what they're seeing out there. I found that very interesting. See, see Jordan Howard's vision used to be like his strength;
3: he could find those cutback lanes and, and sneak through holes that you didn't think were there. We saw over his first two years, but something didn't seem to click this year in in his third year, which was really a contract year if you think about it because Matt Net, or, uh, Ryan Pace has shown that if, if you are a draft pick and you've played well over three years, I will extend you after your third year. That's well, why Cody Whitehair is up
2: for it. And, and I and Goldman did it. We kind of discussed and wondered as the Steelers were going through their Le'Veon Bell situation last summer, if a year, fast forward a year, if Jordan Howard, who, oh, by the way, has the same agent, would be in a similar situation after the year he just had he doesn't have that kind of leverage no no at was, all no
3: again it was statistically his worst individual season of his three but of those three it was the best for the bears as a team
2: and the offense got a lot better as all
3: yes 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 and i know matt nagy said that statistically that the running game was better than the passing game this year but a lot of those numbers are skewed because of number 10 right
2: And look, I think we've all, and fans included, have been trying to figure out what exactly Matt Nagy's looking for at that position because other than him having Kareem Hunt in Kansas City, don't really know what it's going to look like. I found this answer today. I think Kevin Fishman was the one who asked the question. Just really what he's looking for when he's scouting running backs. I found this answer very interesting.
0: Well, you always, you're, when when you're dealing with running backs um, for us in, in this offense, you want to be able to have a guy that has uh, really good vision. You know, that can make guys miss, um, and at the same time. You, there's that balance of having the, being a hybrid of being able to to make things happen in the past game too, but yet to where you're not one dimensional, and that's not that's not easy. There's a lot of backs in this in this draft right now that that are one dimensional. There's some that are hybrids, and there's some that are really just scat guys. So, to me, that's fun. I like. Watching the film and seeing um, where guys are at, and and that's for every position. So um, it, it, it's a it, it'll be fun to just kind of critique all these positions that we have here, offensively and defensively, and and uh, make sure that with the few picks that we have, we make the most of it.
3: He's looking for his cream hunt. Let's be honest. And I get look like I said this on Twitter after the the cream hunt edition became a conversation for the Bears or possible edition became a conversation for the Bears I'm like look he's too controversial for me maybe they could just draft their own version of him and everyone's like oh, he's a Pro Bowl guy he's not Pro Bowl they don't grow on trees everybody seemed to forget that he was a third round pick yeah he was the number 86th pick of the draft in well, a couple years ago right the Bears have the number 87 pick this year you know this was the number 86 pick a few years ago in the draft David Johnson, the sounds Cardinals, like All-Pro. Yes, sounds like I do. You yeah. know it. You know it. You know it. They have the number eighty-seventh pick. Good running backs, outstanding running backs, can't be found in the mid rounds. Three Cohen is one of them. Now he's more of a, a a role player, a joker back, if you want to call it, whatever, whatever, whatever well, you want it's to call something
2: it. Something Ryan Pace has shown he's got an knack. For. Yeah, you can find production
3: in the third round. You can. You can't. Elvin Kamara was a third round pick. mm Hmm. Think about it.
2: Well, um, you know, I I think it's still maybe a little bit too early to to dive into some of these names. But, I mean, no one really knows who Tariq Cohen was uh, at this point. It's really, I think, the Combine that got some – you know, loves yeah some some love for him, but I I can't say that sitting here in Indianapolis during that combine I knew who Tariq Cohen was at that point. So, you know, there, there's some guys who might be available later. Uh, Devin Singletary from Fort Atlantic, somebody I had in my first Bears mock draft last month. So, um, well, I think we'll be following that a little bit closer as we get c- closer to the uh, NFL draft. But the right, what about free agency though? Can you see them dabbling that way? It all depends.
3: There's there's so many dominoes that have to fall, I think, for the Bears' free agency. Because a lot of it starts with Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos. Like, re-signing their own if they can't. How much money do you want to spend on a free agent compared to what you think you can get in the third and fourth rounds? Yeah. I mean, Tevin Coleman, we were talking about before the show. But he's got this—I believe he's still got the same agent— as a Jordan Howard, as a Le'Veon Bell.
2: That complicates things yes. a little
3: bit. These things have layers to them. So, look, you can find maybe C.J. Anderson. Remember they had interest in him a couple years ago? Yeah. Now maybe if he loses his bubble butt, he, he could come back and, and, and play
2: at a full level. I don't think he's the...
3: No, he's not the answer. I, I get it. He's not the great I, I
2: And I don't even really think that Tevin Coleman is, Although, but Tevin Coleman is kind of that... Like Nagy put in there, you want the hybrid who's not just a scat back. It, Tevin Coleman's kind of in that mold. I mean, he's 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 he can do a lot of different things for you. Yeah, and, and so that's an interesting name for me to kind of keep an eye out, depending on what the price is. You know, the Le'Veon Bell dream one. I I think given the cap situation. Could you somehow fit him in financially? Probably, but you got to think this thing out like three years in advance. You're paying Tariq Cohen. You're paying Eddie Jackson coming up. You're going to have to pay Mitch Trubisky at some point. You can't just... You you can't have too many of these way high priced guys, yeah. and running back is just not a position. Well, well, that you a do a couple
3: that. Of, a couple thoughts on that. Here is my hold up on a guy like Le'Veon Bell for the culture that the Bears are building. I mean, they love guys that love football. It almost sounds cliche, right? Because You think all these guys should love football, but it's not always the case. This guy just sat out willingly, missed an entire season willingly by his own choice, and I get it's layered, and I get the Steelers are, are to blame, but. To some GMs, that'd be a red flag. For sure. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, especially if you have a young team, right? Bringing in a guy like that who just sat out willingly for an entire year.
2: Well, it's not just if you love football. It's where you rank football. Yeah. Like you may love football, but it might be fourth on your list of priorities. Yes, yes. You know, it's yeah. how much you actually love yes.
3: it. And all this sounds so cliched to talk about, but this is what the Bears prioritize. Yep. They love chip-on-the-shoulder guys. They don't like the guy who sat on his butt and ate chips. Is that what you're accusing C.J. Anderson of? No. Well, okay. He was actually quite productive for... He Hell was. yeah, he I was. Mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> give him a, a, a little bit more credit. And, and like, well, I forget what my second thought um, on this was going to be. I lost my train of thought. But, but by
2: like, the way, uh, speaking of C.J. Anderson, though, that's what you... I think what they want Jordan Howard to be next season is the The guy that comes in if whoever the number one guy is, is banged up. And I don't, obviously you're not going to be drafting Todd Gurley here in the fourth round most likely. But you're you're going to give yourselves, it, it's honestly probably going to be more like a three-headed attack.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the other hold-up, and I wrote about this in the Chicago Sun-Times, is Pace made mention of this several times. They kind of have a long-term vision here. They don't want to bungle their books with a big contract like a Le'Veon Bell. I just can't see what you, where, where there's question marks and red flags. In the near future, you're going to have to re-sign Eddie Jackson. He's an all-pro player. Tariq Cohen, he's an all-pro kick returner. Look, you're going to have guys to re-sign. Leonard Floyd, yes, you could pick up his 2020 option, but he's going to need a new deal. Cody White here, you have to re-sign. And eventually, there's a payday coming for number 10. Right. And then then everything changes. So you don't want to... Like, I, I get the go-for-it attitude, but at the same time, if that go-for-it attitude results in a five-year contract for Le'Veon Bell and four of those years are, are fully guaranteed or something like that, that's not good business sense. It's not.
2: No. Uh, all right, well, speaking of... Uh, this is kind of the last big topic I want to touch on. is just how they attack this whole thing given... The cap's an issue. They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. How are they approaching this offseason? How are they approaching the draft with not having a first- or second-round pick? Are they putting more resources towards the middle-round guys? You know, kind of not spending so much time on the, you know, is it really worth – spending the resources to investigate a guy who's probably going to go in the top 10 and you know that he's going to be out of reach and so that was one of the things I was really curious about today uh, and here's what Ryan Pace had to say about that on how they're preparing for the NFL draft.
4: Yeah, I think you know, just it's it's the same really, honestly, because you don't know what's gonna happen in the draft. I mean we could be aggressive and, and move up, players could fall to us. I think we've shown we can trade around in the draft. So we're really ready for every scenario. So we don't treat it any different. And I think in addition to preparing for this draft, We're preparing for future years, too. So when we talk to guys, we interview guys, um, all the information we collect at the Combine, that's going to continue into free agency down the road when these guys become free agents.
2: So a pretty strong answer there from Ryan Pace in making it clear that they're not going to change their operations very much. Now, the one area I could see things change a little bit is with their official 30 visits that they get because those you might gear more towards the guys you expect to have on your team in April, if you're going to draft them, and so you you do want to make sure you're your I mean, it could actually give you an advantage for some of these middle round guys, where those guys might not be getting as many visits elsewhere. But I did. It's a great point by Pace in there that all the information you gather on these prospects now you get to keep in storage when they become free agents in four or five years. That cannot be ignored. So, you know, if there's a guy who's a top-ten pick right now, well, four years from now, he might be a free agent, and you might be going back to that file folder of information that you have on that player, and it could help you make an informed decision on him as a free agent. So they're still going to do all their homework that they normally do here at the Combine. Well, we've we've seen them reference that before with
3: some of the free agent signings. Like Mike Glennon, bad example for everything Bears, but... <laughs> You know, they referenced some of that. Now they did, did they view him as an elite quarterback? No, they they viewed him as a as a bridge quarterback and that's what their draft evaluation said too, but look, it's all about information gathering here. I mean, information is an available resource. You know, not, not only for for this year, but for down the line like like you said.
2: Yeah. So, um I just think that's an important thing to look at that they're not going to change things up. It's going to be Um, Also, Pace not ruling out the idea of moving up. I don't really know how they would do that without spending those two second-round picks they have next year. But, you know, maybe that's something they look into to grab a second-round pick this year. You know, you right. It's right. kind of like what they did with Anthony Miller last year. They spent this year's second round pick to to, to get. You're basically getting a year's advance on yeah. the second round pick. Right, right. So that's something I could see happening. Moving all the way up to the first. I just I don't no, know. No, kind you don't. Of you, don't capital.
3: Have, you, you You can't. You, what are you going to give up? Everything.
2: Yeah. It would
3: take everything to maybe get in the first
2: round, I mean, especially you,
3: for going for a high end player.
2: Well, somewhere in that conversation is another first round pick, and you don't have one until 2021. Yeah. So, well, the best thing about
3: this for the Bears is that for the first time ever under Ryan Pace, look, you don't have to be overly aggressive. You don't have to, you know, spend crazy amounts of money in free agency. I mean, you'd even have that money, but you've gotten to this point because you've actually built yourself a winning roster. Yeah. Your
2: needs are few, extremely few. Which is kind of the last thing I have here on my topics that I wanted to discuss because I just think this is an important perspective for fans to keep in mind really to me the most important thing that can happen in 2019 to avoid like I think Pace made Pace and Nagy maybe both mentioned this today but the idea of you're either getting better or you're getting worse so to avoid getting worse this roster this especially this offseason is in prime position with how young it still is That the greatest improvement is not by going out and signing guys or depending on a Khalil Mack trade or, you know, drafting Roquan Smith in the first round. It is just individual players already on the roster getting better. Because they should. They should be developing, whether it's Mitch at quarterback, whether it's a guy like Anthony Miller at, at wide receiver. There are so many guys, whether it's Tariq Cohen, there's so many guys, Eddie Jackson, who could still get a ton better. Roquan Smith, I mean, could be, you know, an all pro next season with the potential he has. The most important thing to me in 2019, and unfortunately, we. Not going to see these guys for months now, Um, but that is the biggest key to me for the whole season is just those guys improving from within. And let's not forget that okay, so you you don't have a first or second round pick. Well, you know Khalil Mack was really your first round pick last year, yeah, and Anthony Miller was your second round pick.
3: So yeah, if you're looking at merely in terms of addition and subtraction,
2: that's why I think Miller is one of the most important pieces for not just next season but the the longevity of what Ryan Pace has built yeah, here. Yeah. Because you you got an advance on that second round pick. Well now you don't have him this year. So it's that much more important that he is a lot better this season and is not a miss. Right. Like right now Adam Shaheen, there's questions there. Yeah. That guy might be a bust. Or, he, you know, maybe this is the year he takes off. Jimmy Graham didn't take off till his third year. Not that he's Jimmy Graham, but I'm just saying he could, you know. Well, this... let's start with by staying healthy there, Adam. Shane. Right, right. This is The point is this is a pivotal year for him. Yes. If you're coming out of 2019 with those same kind of questions about Anthony Miller,
3: that's a problem. Yeah. Well, we've seen a lot of what's the old fantasy rule, like look for those second-year receivers who had pretty good rookie seasons, right, because they're about to take off. And Anthony Miller... Fits that fantasy, sure. the description that that old rule. To me, just in terms of like the internal growth, obviously it starts with Trubisky. Year two with Matt Nagy's offense, he's not thrown to the fire into the fire anymore. He has a comfort with the verbiage. He has a comfort with his, his new teammates. They're no longer new teammates. But just go back to the rookie class. You got four starters out of that last draft, and maybe something secretly coming out of Javon Wims, right? Roquan Smith as a rookie, led your team in tackles. Wait, what is secretly coming out of Javon Wynn? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Just keep the focus here, Adam. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. That's what she said. Anyway, you have ten starts out of James Daniels, six starts out of Bilal Nichols, who emerged as one of your starters. Like he he, he made Jonathan Bullard expendable, did he not?
2: Certainly put him on the uh, the bubble.
3: Yes, and if Anthony Miller's shoulder is truly fixed and no longer an issue, I mean, that is Im- immensely important for a guy who had seven touchdown passes in 15 games as a rookie learning a new offense. Yeah. So there's a lot to build on for all these young guys. So Eddie Jackson can get better. Sure. Tariq Cohen can be used better. Allen Robinson is not returning from a torn ACL. So just just reasons for optimism. Absolutely, optimism, there's plenty.
2: I think that's the biggest key the whole season. I mean, we're we're here at the combine, so we're talking about draft picks and free agency. That's you know two weeks away, but for this team to to be better in 2019, I, the improvement to me really comes from within. Uh, some last things to get through. Uh, speaking of Anthony Miller's shoulder. He did have that surgery. Will, according to Pace, most likely be limited during the offseason program. So, it's know, smart. Probably it's not full course, go yeah. in OTAs. Um, and so that's something to watch. If he's able to get out there at all full go until training camp, could be a question. Uh, Bilal Nichols was kind of dealing with that knee. He was on the injury report, seemed like, every week uh, and resting at times. But there was Pace said there was no knee scope there for Bilal. Um. So that never seemed like that big of an issue, and I guess it isn't. Chase Daniel was asked, well, Pace was asked if Chase Daniel has an out. He does, yeah, his yeah, contract, yeah, right? yeah. He could buy himself out, basically. Yeah, right, but made it very clear that that's not going to happen. I,
3: I thought and, he, he curiously said he's going to be here for a long time. Yes. He only has one more year left on his contract. Yes. long time is... I always view on here long time long, you think long term contract. He doesn't have that, so maybe there's another year coming. Obviously, they love what he provides, Mitch Trubisky.
2: Yeah, Payce expects him to be a bear. He paused. I think someone started asking another question, so you. I wonder well, if lost train of thought. I get it, missed it, but he snuck in there and said for a long time. Yeah. So I've noticed that too. That was very interesting because look, I, well, you have a situation here where the Bears obviously love Chase Daniel not only because he showed that he. he Starter misses two games. He's gonna win. He's gonna win half of he them. He can win, yeah. And get you a chance to. You know, they they went one and one without Mitch, and probably should have won that second game. And it wasn't Chase Daniel's fault. So, although we did agree at the time that they would have won it if Mitch had played, agreed. Um. Anyway, the Still point. Being, he can come in and play if he needs to. Great <laughs> for Mitch's development. He's been around Nagy. He's just he, and he gets it. Like at this point in his career, he realizes the best job for him the to continue to get paid as an NFL quarterback is to be Mitch Trubisky's backup. So he's not opting out on any contract to go, you know, like case Keenum still thinks he's a starter in the league. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's not that kind of situation. Oh, come
3: on. You're so mean to case Keenum. You can have a dream, Adam. Well, you can have he, a dream. You can have a dream. Chase Daniel's dream is just a bit different than some of these other guys,
2: which is good. Um, he gets it, he gets it. And hopefully we get some, uh, funny training camp videos out of him again. He was good. Fake fan. um, and then some other minor things that uh, Pace did say they prefer to have the bye week after the trip to London. That's kind of an so o- do we option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, let's not forget why that question was asked. It's really for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for for our wives and
3: spouses and significant others. And
2: and I was just curious if the London trip would impact their desire to practice and go on the road against the team in the preseason. And it doesn't sound like it will. That has more of a scheduling thing because it kind of needs to be week two of the preseason, so they need to wait and see how that lines up with whoever they play and um, if they can pull it off again. But obviously the Bears like doing that. Yes. They've done it three out of the last four years. Yes. So it sounds like they'll try to do that again if the schedule works. That's all I have, my friend. It's good to be back. Good to have stuff to talk about. Yes. We'll be back one more time. I think Friday. so. I think I think we're going to do two from the Combine. Okay. Get
3: some kickers on record.
2: Kickers on record. Yes. When did the kickers talk? Yes. I don't How even know. How would you
3: describe your mental toughness? Let me just give you a, a hypothetical. If you hit the upright in a doint mm-hmm. how would you feel about it happening two more times in one game and how would you recover from that I want you to ask that question to whoever's here
2: <laughs> the LSU kicker. kicker I was I was gonna go with uh, which which uh, National Network morning show do you watch ooh
3: ooh, ooh that's good All right. That's are, good.
2: are you are you a fan of Savannah Guthrie yes <laughs> are you are you trying to be the most honorable <laughs> player yes yeah, yeah. Do you know it's not a real thing, <laughs> right? You cannot win something that does not exist. What if that was like the Bears' interviews with the kickers? <laughs> so do you watch the Today Show? Yes. yes. You are you a fan of yes. the Today Show? Yes. Not the uh, one on comedy. Yeah, comedy yeah, actually, Central, I, yeah. I I kind of I grew up watching that show. Okay, get out of the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> to let the door hit you in the way out. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, good to be back. Episode 217. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be here for a few more days. Plenty of content. Um, this is always the busiest day. Now we get a couple days to kind of just dig for information, see who we run into. Um, the combine's always fun like that because you never know who you're going to run into at any given time. Or, um, you know, you might just be at a urinal next to Thomas Dimitrov. That sometimes happens. Yes. He's a cell phone out guy. Yeah? I didn't notice that, but I wasn't looking that close. You were the one next to him. I know, but I wasn't looking past the point of recognizing <laughs> who was there. We should go. I've been running to a lot of people at urinals lately. What's Keem Hicks at the Super Bowl? What's Yeah. That's a little weird. Is he a cell phone
3: out guy? Uh, I, again. Did not notice that. Or, he, or is he a talker? Either way. He's a talker. He, he said he talker. talked.
2: Yeah, he's a talker. He, he was a talker. Yes.
3: People need to realize there's different type of people that you experience next to in, in urinals.
2: Yes. I'm okay talking at the yes. urinal.
3: Yeah, I'm a That's talker. Fine.
2: I got no problem with that. Okay. We should go. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter at AdamHogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns J-A-H-N-S. You already have stuff up chicagosuntimes.com I will have stuff up wgnradio.com slash bears please rate and review the podcast glad to be back thanks for listening just give it five stars leave the review we appreciate you doing that and we'll talk to you later in the week see ya